Amen. Praise the Lord. It's good to be here tonight. Uh, the crash is now on. They want to take the younger ones out. Let us turn to God's Word tonight. If you have your Bibles, if you would turn over to 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. If you don't, I'm going to put this verse just for tonight on the screen. It's going to be here. And once you're at that verse, if you would stand to your feet and we'll all audibly read God's Word together just to honor His Word. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. And then there's a second verse that we'll also turn to. It's in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 18. And we'll all audibly read God's Word together. And I'm going to speak tonight on a love that destroys fear. A love that destroys all fear. So it's 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. And we are all going to audibly read it together, then remain standing for the second verse that we'll read, 1 John 4 and 18. Amen. Let's read it all together. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And then over in the 1 John chapter 4 and verse 18. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 18. Let us all read it again together tonight audibly. 1 John 4 and 18. 1 John 4 and 18. Let us read it together. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Father, we pray that you would bless your word it is your word. And Lord, that you would anoint it tonight, both, Lord, through the preaching of your word and the hearing. Lord, that you would open hearts tonight, and by the power of your spirit, you would quicken your word. To every life in this room, and for those, O oh God, who battle greatly with fear, Lord, we thank you that there's an answer, and it is the love of God. Oh, we pray tonight, Lord, that you, Lord, would set the captive free, that you would deliver those that are oppressed. Lord, that you would break the power of the enemy over minds and hearts tonight. Lord, that they would know what it is, Lord, to be clothed and in their right mind. Lord, we're praying, O oh God, that you would have your way among us. And we ask all this to the glory of your name alone. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Let's take our seats together. A love that destroys all fear. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. There is no fear in love. That is God's love. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. Because fear, 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 has torment. Fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect. And that word simply means complete in love. The background and the backdrop of this message all around us, we live in a world that is, it, it seems like the atmosphere is filled literally filled it is tangible with fear all around us there's fear 
We can sense the atmosphere. We can see it. We can hear it. We live in a world where people are gripped with, overcome by, tormented by fear. Fear is a very real thing. Fear is a very real thing. It is not something of a figment of your imagination. It is a very real experience for many people today. They are overcome by fear. Fear is living in dread, dreading of what is unfolding around them, what is happening in their life. The fear of today, the fear of tomorrow, and the fear even of the past. The past catching you. The fear that so many live in today in the world in which we're living that has gripped our society, gripped our nation, gripped every avenue of our lives, gripped our young, gripped our old. It is no respecter in many ways of people. It seems to be driven into our hearts, into our lives, into our society, into our living, into our lifestyle. In every fabric of our society, we have moved into a day where the entire atmosphere is filled with fear. There's fear all around us. People living in fear, living under fear, tormented by fear. But the Word of God, the truth of God, tells us tonight that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now if there's fear, then there's the absence of faith. And the Bible tells us very clearly that without faith, it is impossible to please God. And so if the atmosphere is filled with faith, filled with fear, filled with that torment, filled with that overcoming sense of dread, then we want to move into a place tonight of faith. Because without faith, it's impossible to please the Lord. We are, we have an avalanche, could I say it that way? And I don't believe I'm exaggerating in any way. We have an avalanche of fear and anxiety and panic and apprehension and people living on the edge. We have so many living in a place of, on the outward, everything looks fine, looks that they have it possibly all together, but they live in a place of darkness. They live in a place where they don't see a way out. They live in a place where it's, it's in their mind and in their heart. It's more like a prison. But on the outward, they function uh, to a certain extent on a day-to-day basis. But the reality, when they open their hearts and open their lives, and when they begin to be honest, we find that so many are living in a place that they're overcome by fear. They don't know where to turn. They don't know who to turn to. They're afraid to even share what they're experiencing. They don't want to open up the reality of where they are in case the fear of people knowing where they are and fear compounds them to live in a place that is, that is, that is a bondage, that is a place where they sense that they're hopeless. But thank God tonight for the power of God's Word. Thank God tonight that there's an answer in this world that is overcome by fear. Thank God tonight there's an answer when we turn to the word of truth because the Bible says that the truth shall make you free. The Bible tells us that we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we have received, this is the Christian tonight of course, 
We have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. That spirit of bondage, that word bondage simply means to become a slave or to become enslaved to sin or enslaved to addiction or enslaved to some type of vice or enslaved to fear itself. We have not received the spirit of fear or the, or the spirit of bondage to fear, to live in fear. Thank God for an overcoming life. Thank God for a life that's full and abundant. Thank God for the power of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank God for good news. Thank God for the light. Thank God for the word of God and the word of truth. Thank God for hope. Thank God for peace in a heart. Thank God for Jesus tonight. We're living in a world that's being driven by spiritual forces. Now, some might find that difficult to grasp or understand, but we are. We're living in a world that's being driven by powers and darkness and rulers of darkness and wickedness, principalities and powers. But thank God as a believer in Jesus Christ tonight and a Christian, a man that's born again, this world doesn't dictate how I live. My life is dictated by Him, by Jesus Christ. And I refuse to live in the bondage of the world that we're living in today. Here in our Word, the Word of God tonight says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. What a, what a hope we have as believers. That word power, of course, is the word dynamis, where we get the word dynamite from. It, it speaks of the miraculous power of Jesus Christ. It speaks of a supernatural power. The Bible says, but as many as received Him, to them give He the power to become the sons of God, to live a life free from fear, free from the fear of tomorrow, free from the guilt of the past. Thank God tonight we have a hope beyond this world. To many as received Him, to them give He the power to become the sons of God. And so we can claim the promise in God's Word tonight that He has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. He gives us the power to become the sons of the living God, even to them that believe in His name. And what a name that is tonight. That's the name that's above every name. The name of Jesus. He's come that we might have power. He told the disciples in Luke chapter 10, in verse 19, Behold, not only does He give us the power to become the sons of God, but He gives us power. I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Thank God tonight through Jesus Christ that we are more than conquerors through Him. In a world that's gripped with fear, in a world that's overcome by fear, and saints tonight, believers tonight, and brother and sister and friend that are gathered in with us tonight, there are many even of God's people that are being influenced by this spirit of fear. It's very real. They're being conditioned by the world system in order to live their lives in a place where they're controlled by fear. But friends, I want to tell you tonight, Christ has not come to give unto us fear, the spirit of fear, but of power and of love 
and of a sound mind. That love, listen carefully tonight, friend, that love, that love, as we read tonight, there is no fear. There is no fear in love. This is Christ's love. This is God's love. This is not human love. This is the love of God. There is no fear in love. But something wonderful happens when a Christian, when a man or a woman, sorry, open their heart and put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. There is a heart that's flooded with the love of God. And that love, listen what happens. It tells us there that the perfect love casts out or destroys all fear. There's an answer to all of this, and it's the love of God. The love of Christ in a heart that destroys or casts out all fear. Because, listen carefully, becoming a little bit more personal tonight, and hopefully some will identify with this, because love, because fear, sorry, has torment. Fear has torment. Now, I want you to listen very carefully tonight because this is very real. He that feareth is not made perfect or complete in love. Fear, fear has torment. Torment. A tormented soul. A tormented mind. A tormented spirit. A torment in the life of a man or a woman or a young person. And friends, I want to tell you of a truth tonight. There are many souls that are tormented today. But there's a love that destroys all fear. There's a love that casts out all fear. I want to tell you what many people believe today is that that is the way that they have to live. I want to tell you it's a lie. And it's a lie from the pit of hell itself. The love of God, the love of Christ, casts out or destroys all fear. I want you to hear this tonight. You do not have to live tormented by fear. There is a love that you can experience through faith in Jesus Christ and Him alone that will destroy fear, flood your soul with the love of God and bring a peace in your mind that this world could not give you. Speaking of the mind, the Bible says here, of course, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Isn't it great to have a sound mind? Isn't it great to have a sound mind? Isn't it wonderful if you know Jesus tonight to have a mind that's sound? We're told of a man in Luke chapter 8. This man was tormented. He was a tormented soul. Many people believe that this man is someone just resigned to the history books, but friends, there are literally... Hundreds of people like live like this man today. He was a man that had no home. He was a man that lived in the place of the dead, the tombs. 
He was tormented by devils. He had no rest. Oftentimes they would try to tame him with chains and with fetters. But he would break the bonds. And then the Bible tells us that he was driven of the devil into the wilderness. What a life. What a hopeless life. I want to tell you, friends, there's hundreds like him. There's hundreds like him all around us. Tormented by the devil, driven by the devil, living in the place of the dead, crying out at night for an answer. Thank God that Jesus heard the man's cry. It tells us of this man that when he met Jesus in Luke 8.35, and when he had that wonderful encounter of Jesus and the, the devils were driven out of him, that the town came out and they found this man clothed and in his right mind. And then it says these words, that they were afraid. In other words, they were astounded at the work of God that took place in this man's life. This was the man that was, was a maniac. This was the man that, 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 that kept the town up with his cries and with his behavior, with his destructive life. But here he is, clothed and in his right mind, sitting at the feet of Jesus. That's the power of the gospel. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. This life and that life that Jesus has come to give is an abundant life. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. That's a real life. The spirit of fear has torment. That word torment, to cause severe, this is what it means, to cause severe, usually persistent and recurrent distress of the body or the mind. I want to say that again. To cause severe, usually persistent or recurrent distress of the body, of the mind. That's what torment is. Can I tell you something, friends? I want you to listen carefully tonight. There's a real devil. There's a real devil. In our modern society, with intellectualism and all the advancement of what we have today, we have nearly come to believe, even the church itself has nearly come to believe that there is no devil and there are no demons. Can I tell you that's not true? There's a real devil. The thief comes but for to steal and to kill and destroy. That's what Jesus said. The thief is the devil. These demonic agents operate to torment the minds of the, and the spirit of men and women. And these demonic agents are very real. I know that what I'm preaching tonight is probably going up against the wind a little bit, but I'm going to, I'm going to preach this. It's not necessarily accepted in the modern society and the, the, the facade that we often live under. But I want to tell you something. There's real demonic agents that are here in Balnehens tonight. And I'm not fixated on the devil. I'm not fixated on demonic activity. I'm fixated on Jesus, but I'm also real. There's a story it tells us in Mark chapter 8, an account there. Mark chapter 1, sorry, in verse 29, and I want to read from it. It tells us there that forthwith, Mark 1 and verse 29, 
When they were come out of the synagogue, they entered into the house of Simon and Andrew. That's Peter and Andrew with James and John. But Simon's wife's mother lay sick of a fever, and anon they tell him of her. And he came and took her by the hand, and he lifted her up, and immediately, immediately the fever left her. And she ministered unto them. Verse 32 says these words, And at even when the sun did set, they brought unto him all that were diseased, and them that were possessed with devils. And the city was gathered together at the door. And the Bible says, He healed many that were sick of diverse diseases, and he cast out many devils, and suffered not the devils to speak, because they knew him. Oh, that they would know him again. You know, many years ago, I think it was uh, around 1998, I think we were just married a year, and Nikki and I made our first trip together out to, uh, to India. And we went out and we went to stay uh, with Pastor Dupde and our friends there. And then they brought us on a bit of a mission trip for a day. And we came down into uh, a particular town. This man, who, this pastor there, he had a church right in this, it was a radical uh, Hindu village town. Um, his name was Pastor Israel. I love the going into these particular areas because after uh, the Hindus there that would get saved, they would change their names over into Old Testament names. So some days you were sitting in a room and there was Pastor Israel, there's Pastor Moses, there's Pastor Abraham, there's Pastor Elijah, and just you felt you'd already gone to heaven. And we went into this room and uh, Pastor Israel was there. He was just a mighty, he was a mighty man of God. He was just, he was just on fire for the Lord. He had a he had a passion. He was filled with the Holy Ghost. He lived right in the middle of a radical Hindu town. It was quite a large town. He had a three-story house. And he had one of the old, you know, the old massive big speakers, the big gray ones that, I mean, these were huge. But he would put that right on the top floor, on the flat floor. He would have the speaker right on the top. And then they'd get the music going, the old the Indian style music, and it was just the drums were going and everyone was going and they'd get the music going about an hour before the service started. It was wonderful. It was great. It was free. It was freedom. And, and then the crowds began to gather. People, it was just a little bit like this. The crowds began to gather in and, and this, the three-story building, the, the church meeting was on the top floor. And everywhere was filled. The ground floor was filled and then you had to make your way up the stairs. But one line of the stairs would be filled with people sitting along. So you're stepping up. You go into the next floor. All the bedrooms were filled with people. And then you went up into the church meeting area. This was a, a large, not a hall this size, but maybe about half the size of this. And it was crammed literally with dozens upon dozens of people crammed in uh, to, right into the walls, wall to wall. And they brought us through right in. And then once we got up onto the platform, Everyone came in, so there was no way out. We were in, and then they just says, we're going to start the service. He had the speaker on the top. It was a radical Hindu town, and radical Hinduism is, is, 
is as dangerous and as, and as fierce as radical and Muslims as well. It's, it's a radical faith. And they would kill you. They would persecute you, Pastor. Israel had often been attacked as life was under threat. But we got us into that room and then they're about to start the service and uh, they're going to sing a song. And most of the songs, obviously, we didn't know. But then we knew this one that wasn't in our language, but we knew the tune, In the Name of Jesus, We Have the Victory. Well, we knew that one. So we, we sang that in English and the whole place started to really move and the power of God came down into that place. And then there was a manifestation of the demonic. And that's out of character. That's out of our, out of our system of church life, especially in the West, because what we do today is we have everything in its box, everything labeled, if though there is now no demonic activity. Can I tell you something? The demonic activity in Ballinahinch is as real as the demonic activity in that town. But we label everything and put a name and everything and we have everything all, uh, all categorized in a certain way to keep it all very safe. But I want to tell you something. That song and that chorus began to go off and the next minute that place, it was electric. And the power of God came down into that little room and the speaker was blasted. I mean, you talk about too loud. I think you would have heard it in Balnehinch. And they had that up and they were singing, in the name of Jesus, we have the victory. In the name of Jesus, demons must flee. And the demons, all of a sudden, they began to manifest. People were loosed and set free by the power of God. There was a young girl, probably no bigger than Rachel here, just a, a slight slip of a girl. And she had the strength of about 10 men. And as the power of God come onto that young girl, I'm not exaggerating this in any way, but the power of God came onto that young life. And Jesus set her wonderfully free from the demonic host and the powers. And Christ sets the prisoner free. We come back into a place of a facade of everything is all painted up and looks all the right way and there's no demonic activity and there's no devil and there's just religion and we just go to church and people live in torment. And people live tormented by demonic powers and forces and live in fear. And tonight, friends, the same Jesus in that town is the same Jesus that's in this house tonight and He sets the prisoner free. He sets the prisoner free. Pastor Israel told this wonderful story. We sat around that. It was just, it was just amazing. He sat there. We're sitting around the wee table afterwards. And he says, oh, on the way to the service, there was a woman sitting at the side of the road. And the woman spoke with a man's voice. That would be enough to send anyone on up the road. She spoke with a man's voice. Began to speak to him. Say to him that he's going to be killed and they're coming for him and they're going to destroy him and they're going to destroy his family. And I was leaning over the table and I said, what did you say? And he says, I said in the name of Jesus, go! And carried on preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Friends, tonight, there is the reality of agents of the devil. I will not and never glorify the work of the devil or the demonic host. But more and more as we see the world around us crumbling and people living in fear and destroyed by the power of fear, that is not just fear itself, it is demonic activity. 
The Great Commission is often ended in Mark chapter 16, uh, verses 15 through the 18, but most will end the Great Commission at verse 16, but it doesn't end there. Jesus said, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And we end the commission. But Jesus didn't end it there. Jesus said, These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they'll cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. That is the Great Commission. The power of God to set the prisoner free. We are so advanced in the Western world. We have so many names. We have so many things. The church has nearly come to a place. The church doesn't believe in demonic activity. What a tragedy. When so many are being tormented by agents of the devil, we have an answer. The answer is Jesus Christ. The Bible says, when the evening was come, just see it, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils. Can you see it? You can see them going and getting their neighbor and their friend that was living in torment. People who hadn't left their house in months or even years. People that were living in fear, not knowing where to turn, living shaking, wouldn't come out and meet anyone. People that were disturbed and never stepped. And they would go into their house and they would knock their door and they'd say, Jesus, He's in Peter's, he's in Peter's house. Come. He'll set you free. He's the one. He's your answer. And you can see them bringing the fearful and the broken and the maimed and the troubled and the confused and the apprehensive and all the names that we give it today and all the disturbed. And they would bring them to Jesus Christ. And know what the Bible says? At His Word, at the power of His Word, the devils were cast out. The power and the authority of the Word of Jesus. Mark chapter 8 it tells us in verse 16, when he cast the spirits out with his word and healed all that were sick, this, verse 17 says, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Calvary, the blood of Jesus Christ, the blood that was shed, the finished work that was on the cross when His body was offered as a sacrifice for our infirmities and our sicknesses. Thank God He paid it all. Tormented. Afflicted. Friend, tonight there's people in this room that you know exactly what I'm talking about. On the outward, it may all look pretty fine. There's a certain amount of functioning. But that love that we have talked about and being made perfect in that love, complete in that love, that's the love that destroys all fear and sets a man or a woman 
free. There's a love tonight. It's love. It's love. It's the love of God. There's a love tonight. You see, I don't fear love. When Nikki expresses her love to me, I don't get afraid. When God expresses His agape love to His people, we're not afraid. What happens? The perfect love of God destroys or casts out all fear. There's no fear in love. And this was manifested, the love of God towards us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. Herein is love. Not that we loved Him, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be a propitiation for our sins. There is no fear in love. The love, the perfect love, casteth out all fear. Because fear has torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Friends, tonight there's an answer to a world that's filled with fear. But there's answer tonight to a soul or a mind that's tormented. In this room, in this room, someone, someones that are overcome by fear. Fear. It's real. I tell you tonight, friend, it's so simple an answer, so profound an answer, and so wonderful an answer. It's the love of God, the perfect love, casts out all fear. We don't have to live in fear. Friends, we don't have to live in fear. Church, don't live in fear. Don't live in fear. This world is being driven by fear. Don't live in fear. Be filled with the love of God. Live your life in the victory and the freedom that Christ has purchased for us through the cross. Tormented. Tormented. Troubled. A world full of trouble and fear. Thank God for an answer. His name's Jesus. We're going to pray together tonight.